Last week I posted a reel on Instagram of my annual planning process for my studio. At the end of the summer, I pull out all my books, curriculum charts, and any other planning notes, and spend several hours making repertoire plans for each of my students. One teacher commented that they're very curious about other teachers' approaches to long-term planning because, like many of us, they're not sure if what they're doing is the best slash most effective slash most efficient way to do things. Can you relate to that? I know I can. Let me tell you a secret. I still feel this way about my own process. The truth is, it's taken me many years to get to the version of long-term planning that you see in the reel, and that I'll talk through in more detail today, and I tweak it a little each year. There are lots of ways to go about this, and I think it just takes some time to try things and hone in on a process that makes sense to you, helps you feel organized and prepared, and works for your studio. Today, I'll share a little more insight into my long-term planning process. The reel was a 20-second time-lapse video, but I actually spent about three hours at the piano. I hope this inspires you and gives you a few new ideas or approaches to take back to your studio planning this year. But just know that my process is still very much a work in progress. I will continue adjusting and tweaking it each year as I learn from what worked well and what was helpful and what was not. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried-and-true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. It's 9 a.m. on a Thursday, and I have the whole morning set aside for studio planning. To begin, I gather my materials. Method books and supplemental books sorted by level or year, I make stacks on the floor for preparatory A through level 8. A planning note in my notes app where I jotted down popular selections my students requested and any other repertoire ideas as I had them at the end of last year. A blank spiral notebook and pencil, old school, and my curriculum planning document. Something I put together last summer when the new edition of the Royal Conservatory of Music, RCM, celebration series came out. This document includes a list of my favorite pieces from each level in order of difficulty, my own analysis of that, supplemental collections, other method books, and individual pieces at a similar level, and then also the technique requirements based on the RCM piano syllabus. A note about this resource, if you're not a piano teacher, RCM has several other syllabi available for free on their website for a variety of different instruments, including voice. I'll share a link to that page in the show notes. I created my own technique charts to quickly reference things like keys and metronome markings, and so that I could copy them into each student's digital folder in the Notability app. I talked about this in episode 47 when I shared an inside look at my week-to-week 
lesson planning process, but I use Notability to write assignment sheets for all my students. I started doing this during the pandemic and I found it so helpful to have a record of each student's assignment sheets with me at home so I could plan their next lesson. Plus, it's a good way to loop parents into what's happening in our lessons as I email them a copy of the assignment to print at home. One thing I like about Notability is that I can create a folder for each student. This includes their weekly assignment sheet document, theory and landmark activities, which I talked about in episode 39, and repertoire and technique charts for their current level pulled from my larger curriculum planning document. So getting back to my planning session, I gather all of these materials in my living room around the piano. I start with my youngest students, three rising second graders. They are all in Piano Safari 1 right now, moving to Piano Safari 2 partway through the year. In addition to their method, I like to choose four to six special pieces from other books that could be challenge pieces or performance pieces for them throughout the year. For this level, I'm choosing pieces from the Celebration Series Preparatory A and B books, Florence Price's Piano Teaching Music, and Shiwa Tan's Through the Window Pane. I will include links to all of the music and collections that I reference in this episode, by the way, so be sure to check the show notes. Some students will play the same piece, but I try to make sure that they have at least one to two that are their own, that no one else in the studio is playing. This is particularly important for our end-of-year recital, as I like to have as much variety as possible, and I think it helps students feel more ownership. But this year, we're celebrating the solar eclipse in April, and I thought it might be fun to choose special music that relates to that. Perhaps we'll do an informants in one of our studio classes in the spring. I haven't fully decided yet. But I will share more about my planning for this event as we get further into the school year. Once I have special pieces picked out, I make a list of any new books students will need. At this level, most of the special pieces will be taught by rote or with off-staff notation that I create myself, so they won't actually need a physical copy of the music. Sometimes I do this repertoire planning on the computer, in a document or notes app, but this year I found it easiest to just use pen and paper and make a repertoire list for each student in a plain spiral-bound notebook. Next, I move on to my late elementary students. This year, I have several rising fourth and fifth graders in Piano Safari 2 or 3. I spent some time playing through pieces in the Celebration series, Level 1 and 2 repertoire and etude books, as well as Chiwa Tan's A Child's Garden of Verses. Again, I choose four to six special pieces, including some from the public domain and some popular selections like Hedwig's Theme, Pink Panther, James Bond, and Jurassic Park, and write down any new books or music that I want parents to purchase. I have two students who are transitioning from Faber Level 3A into Early Intermediate Repertoire this year. I found that that is a good point in that series to start introducing other methods like the Celebration series and really curating repertoire from different style periods. I play through some repertoire from levels two and three and review some of Chrissy Ricker's books, Let's Quest 2 and Perfect Patterns Plus. 
This year, I'm making more of an effort to choose pieces from each style period. In the celebration series, they're categorized as list A, B, and C. And an etude or two that focuses on a technical concept that could be helpful to review or reinforce for that particular student. At the end of last year, I asked if my students had any pieces they wanted to learn this year, and I got all kinds of responses. Movie themes, of course, Taylor Swift, Furelise, Bohemian Rhapsody, Coldplay, Florence Price, and in the words of one student, Hemiola Anything. Let me know if you have any suggestions for that, by the way. I spent a little time searching music notes for suitable arrangements or lead sheets, and adding these links to my list of new music to send to parents. Next, I plan music for my early intermediate students. I have two students who are going into high school, both ready for level four to five repertoire. I like the selections in the celebration series, but the books are expensive, and several of the pieces are in the public domain, which we can download and print for free. So I started by making a list of pieces from each style period, I thought they would enjoy playing. Then evaluated how many of the selections were in the public domain and if it was going to be worth them buying the book. I am recommending that both students purchase a copy of William Gillick's Lyric Preludes, which I love, so many interesting composition styles, keys to explore, and expressive skill building opportunities. In addition, we will continue using a few books from last year. Kevin Olson's Preludes and Patterns, and Andrea Dow's Sessions books. Popular selections range from the James Bond theme, found on Music Notes, to Clocks by Coldplay, which we're learning by ear. Finally, I move on to my intermediate students, who are playing anywhere from levels 5 to 8 and beyond. These students use the Celebration series, plus... Valerie Capers' Portraits and Jazz, Philip Keverin's Disney Songs for Classical Piano, Melody Bober Choice Book 4, Martha Mears' Jazz Rags and Blues Book 5, some public domain music, Scriabin, Schubert, Bach, and a range of popular selections, including Test Drive from How to Train Your Dragon and Married Life from Up. Again, I spend some time playing through the music in the celebration books, repertoire and etudes, and choosing pieces from each list and style period. I also research popular arrangements on music notes to try to find something that would provide a good amount of challenge while still being playable. Does anyone else have this problem with some of the online arrangements? Everything is written in octaves or has awkward leaps or rhythm notation. It really does take careful review sometimes. Once I have a repertoire list for each student, and I've grouped the pieces into fall and spring so I can keep track of what to assign when, I copy them into a note on my computer so I have a digital copy. Then I add repertoire and technique charts to each student's notability folder as I mentioned at the beginning. This way, during a lesson, I can quickly hop over to their repertoire chart for the year and see what special pieces they've completed and what new pieces I still want to assign. I highlight piece titles in blue for things that I've chosen and green for ones that they've completed. Last year, I kept the repertoire and technique charts in two separate documents, which was a little cumbersome. 
So this year I combined them into one, and I think this will be easier for me to quickly assess how a student is tracking toward the goals of a particular level. One final note, remember this is just a plan and it can shift and change as you go. Nothing is set in stone. Some students may really excel and be ready to level up before the end of the year. Others may need more time learning a piece than I anticipated, meaning we don't get to everything that I planned. I find it helpful still to begin the year with a goal, what I want my students to accomplish and where I want them to be at the end of the semester or year. I hope this helps clarify my process and offers you a new or different perspective on long-term repertoire planning for your students. I would love to hear about your approach. We're always learning and tweaking and figuring out how to do this better or more efficiently, right? We can learn from each other. Share a poster video about your planning process and tag me. Inquiring minds want to know. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.